Welcome everybody to episode 9 of the Canadian Comics Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Batfleck leaving the solo Batman movie. Mel Gibson possibly directing Suicide Squad? Fox being really worried about Logan being too dark. DC comic book trailers being in theaters. And lastly, the Secret Empire first impressions. Alright, let's kick it going. executive have come out saying that basically after the solo batman movie which would be his uh ben affleck's third portrayal of the batman he wants out and obviously this kind of set it's funny to hear this after he they uh both came to the conclusion that it wouldn't be right for him to write and direct and be in the batman film so i don't know what your thoughts are on it but it's not, well i, I feel, feel like, like it's it's, it is a mess because first of all you put him onto the project, you take him off the project, you say it's mutual, but now it seems like some, there's some underlining to it, because why would you, why would he feel like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore, like something happened in the background, right? Yeah, for sure, I agree with that, and like, it's almost like there's like a curse of someone playing Batman three times and just leaving, you know what I mean? And like, the way I look at the whole situation when it happened, I was thinking to myself like, so let's say he does leave. What happens then? Because you have literally all these set up everything based already. around the Justice League. Yeah. And like, though, don't get me wrong, like they could bring in another actor and try and play it off, but I just don't think it would work that well because like, it's just, the Batman okay, is such it, a big character. a big mess because you deal with continuity, right? It's kind of like when you're watching a TV show and the character gets switched out and you don't even realize it until halfway through, right? Mm-hmm. Again, like, it's just, it's, I feel like the, the they might come to a conclusion maybe figuring this out, but it's going to be really, really hard for someone to adapt this Batman character, because Ben Affleck did a really good job in Suicide Squad for the short time he was in it. Yeah. He was the highlight of BVS. Yeah. And so far in Justice League, what we're seeing, besides the little Aquaman shit he had, like, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, like I, it's I, I'm just kind of sad because it's like I really liked Ben Affleck Batman. I did. I, I and I thought like he played the yeah, role but I'll go for it. Yeah, and like for the first time in a long time, it was like it's it was kind of working. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. Like the Christopher Nolan um uh, and the Bale. Well, that's a classic forever, right? So. But I'm just saying, like when they're actually trying to build the universe, it was like that was like the highlight point. It was like this could actually work, and. I guess my question to you would be now then, let's say it did happen, is there other roads they could take? I have something that I think they could do. I don't think the general public or the audience would like it, but everyone yeah. who reads the comic books would probably be like... Well, like we'll start off with yours first, because technically, just based off what, what BVS set up, it could happen. Yeah. And with the timeline that's kind of like being somewhat skewed with the whole continuity right now, yeah. it could happen, so... Pretty much me and Mike were talking before that the podcast happened, and we talked about a Flashpoint-esque type of switch-around for Thomas Wayne and Batman, but I'll let uh, Mike go into that. Yeah, so basically Flashpoint Superman is Thomas Wayne, which is Bruce Wayne's father. And in Batman, Batman, Batman. <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, 
And, like, in Batman vs. Superman, you see Martha and Thomas Wayne walking, um, like, uh, a young Bruce Wayne and shows him get shot. And that's played by uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. D. Morgan. And I don't know about you, but, like, if I could see Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the Flashpoint Batman suit with, like, the black, the gray, and the red eyes and the red accents, that would be sweet. I don't know how they would pull it off, but, like, as a comic book fan, that would be awesome. Because, first of all, Jeffrey Dean is a magnificent actor. Amazing actor. I feel like he would fit the dark, edgy role of, like, in his case, seeing his son and his wife die instead of the other way around where Bruce saw his parents die. Yeah. And like you said, since there's not enough continuity, they could play it. Like, they could, that could totally happen. Yeah, it'd be I, a huge I think it kind of like, Yeah. And again, like, it'd be a huge stretch, but also on the Flash TV show, a lot of people who are new to comics are somewhat familiar with what the Flashpoint is. So if we throw that onto the big screen, it wouldn't be, like, too unfamiliar. Yeah. Again, it'd be, like, a huge jump, but, like, it won't be too unfamiliar. And they could also do, like, their own kind of catch on it, right? Like, it's not like they'd have to follow it. Obviously, the trend oh, no, 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 no. now is not to follow everything right by the book. But, like, yeah. um, the only thing is, though, what I kind of feel interesting is I feel like if they were to touch on Flashpoint, the only thing... I don't think Thomas Wayne Batman would be the only thing they'd take out of that. They'd kind of have to make it a, a lot of things be changed around. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that would still be cool. And But, like, the only thing is, um, I don't think the general audience would understand that as much as, I guess, like, us from reading comic books 100%. and all that goes on. And that's why I still don't think it's going to work because, end of the day, you still have Ben Affleck as the Batman. And in this yeah. universe, he is the Batman. And if you're going to put him in three movies, including the one they made and then Justice League, and then the, the Batman, whatever they name that movie, I don't think that you can pull them and just be like, oh, by the way, we're switching them around. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like DC is also trying to set up what Marvel has, whereas they have the same character going through multiple movies. And mm-hmm. I don't know why the what happened in the background, but getting rid of Ben Affleck won't be a smart move. Mm-hmm. Even if it is, like, if he does want to leave. Again, We've been dealing with this Robert Downey Jr. since Iron Man 3. Yeah, that's very true. And he's still true. sticking around. Very so. true. Honestly and truthfully, I, I believe it could that be hype. he's going to really stay. Be hype. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe he will stay because um, we both know that Warner Brothers will throw any dollar figure at him for him they to stay. They have it for sure, right? Because, first of all, it's Ben Affleck. Second of all, great writer, great producer. And, yep. like, he portrayed the character very well. So I bet you this is his kind of, like, I, I who knows if it's bullshit or not. But um, he could be flexing. It could be hype. Like yeah. there's so many different things that could be like pushed toward this, right? I hope it isn't for the DC movie slate stake, obviously, because like I don't know how they can successfully move forward. And it's funny because I actually read an article the other day that the, the one movie that they're not having problems with is the Aquaman movie. Yeah, and that's going around swimmingly, no pun intending. Yeah, because like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's James Wan directing it, the horror director, which I yep. think is pretty cool. And then um, uh, Jason Momoa and apparently Zack Snyder does have some stakes into it, which I find, which I'm okay with because he's not. Well, they're calling it, it like Zack Snyder's baby, right? Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, you read the same article I did, but yeah. I, I, it's funny because I feel like that's an example of like with all the bad luck they're having and all the negative press they're getting, like I think that's like the one like shining through point. I don't think anyone wanted it to be Aquaman out of all the movies. Yeah. But, like, it just shows that, like, things can go smoothly. And I feel but like... But here's the thing, though. So what if Aquaman gets the same resurgence that 
the comic did when New 52 got launched because before New 52, yeah. no one gave a shit about Aquaman. Yeah, and I do. I definitely think with a polarizing figure and actor like like Jason Momoa, it, yeah. it definitely could be done because not like he has like a like. Yeah, well, actually, no, he does have. Like, well, he's a, a household name now, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, especially after, like, Game of Thrones and all this stuff, and he just debuted in a new TV show. Um, forgive me, I don't know what it's called, but apparently it's very good. It's on um, Discovery Channel. I can't remember what it's called, yeah. but, yeah, apparently it's good. Either way, like, I do think with him and the stories of Aquaman, they definitely can make a very polarizing and a good movie. 100%. But if they're going to make the universe, they got to go a bit farther than that. You know what I mean? They do. But now, let's talk about um, the inevitable shortlist for who might be replacing Ben Affleck in the Batman movie. So And just basically um, who we think could. In yeah. Run. So I'll start off with like my favorite one because it just I would love to see it, but a it probably won't happen because people are people. B nerds are always rage about it. Mm. And again, this is one of my favorite people in the world. I saw a casting for Idris Elba to replace Ben Affleck as the Batman. Now, before people go off saying, "Oh, well, you can't have a black Batman," blah 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 see, blah but blah. That's the thing. Like, I would love that. There'd He's be, an amazing ass actor. There would be nothing better because, like, here's the thing. Like, I know everyone would be shocked and everyone would be like, Ugh, Batman's not black. But honestly, at this point, it, it I would love to see something like that. It, because All I'm going to say is if you want to talk shit about Idris Elba, like, not being Batman, go watch Luther. Yeah, then come talk to me. Absolutely. Like, I, I would if they were to toss it up like that, I would honestly love it. Because I definitely think it's something that um, is going to really revolve around our generation and the thing that things are going i yeah. think it would be amazing to have even if it's not batman even if they were to switch another very big colored like you know what i mean like colored character i yeah. think that would be amazing i i would love for them to do that just i think i think it would work out great yeah 100 and uh we can mention who you thought about as well um off the top of my head obviously was uh jeffrey g morgan and then um after that there like there was a couple ones on the shortlist that were like weird. Like <laughs> Kirsten read one that said Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah, that's just never gonna happen. <laughs> no, like, never no. gonna happen. Um John Hamm was an interesting one. Um See, he has the acting chops for it, but it just like He's got the chin. <laughs> you know what I Because <laughs> the chin like, would like be the great. cow be like, I'm Batman. Yeah. Like he'll be like, good, I, but I feel like he'd be a good Batman, but he wouldn't be a good Bruce Wayne. No, he won't be a serious enough Bruce Wayne. Because, yeah. like, I feel like he comes off as the, like, oh, I'm the jokesy businessman, like, yeah. compared to, like... Um, <laughs> I run Wayne Enterprises, I'm famous. Yeah, seriously. And then, like, there, there was other weird ones. Like, they're talking about Hugh Jackman. That'll never happen. And I couldn't unsee it. Like, I'd be they like... They had Clive Owen as well, which is kind of like, uh, sure. No, yeah. And then um, a couple people said Tom Hardy, which I thought was funny. That'd be different, like... See, it'd be different, but I don't yeah. think I'd enjoy him as Batman, especially because all I think is Bane, oh, yes, give it <laughs> back to the people. But, like, um... I, uh, I don't know. See, it's just so hard. Because, like, honestly, out of all of them, I want to see Idris Elba. Straight up. I think that'd be the coolest shit ever. That'd be awesome as hell. But it's again, like, awesome. it probably won't happen, but if it did, I'm co-signing a million percent. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because, like... You'd think with all the stuff going on now, especially, like, like I'm not going to get political and stuff like that, but, like, you know people would get mad if they casted a freaking colored Batman. I think it's that's the fucking most ridiculous thing ever. I would love to see them switch it up like that, and not to mention that Idris Elba is probably one of the most phenomenal actors. Yeah, and he's like, damn good what he does. And if he is not a, 
any superhero in the next five years, I'm going to be fucking mad about it because he needs to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he is literally made for a role. Like, yeah, just... just waiting for it. But speaking on controversy, let's go to our next subject, keeping in the DC realm. Yeah. Mel Gibson in serious talks of taking over Suicide Squad 2. Okay. <laughs> no, okay, okay, no, because I don't want people to think so. I've never been a fan of Mel Gibson just because, like, I always see him saying stupid stuff and all the garbage. As a director, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. Kirsten tells me they're great, but the only point that I was making before is with the franchise and all the stuff with going on at DC and all the negativity, I don't feel like Mel Gibson's the right person to bring in right now. See, and I get that, but... Again, like, he, he knows what he's doing in the director's chair because he's been in the industry for a very long time, right? Like, mm. If you look at, like, Braveheart, look at Apocalypto, yep. those are very good movies. But, like, the only issue I'm having is when you're going into the superhero realm of sorts, it's a different beast to tackle, especially since, like, Suicide Squad went through, like, two or three revamps before we got the final version of it. Very true, yeah. Like, I don't want that to be the common trend happening in DC. I don't want to see, like, two or three reworks and boom, final product, right? Yeah, oh, and then... In the in those reworks, like literally, the marketing team just takes control of the movie. <laughs> yeah, let's just change it because why yeah, not? Like, because no, hot I don't topic. Want to that. That's why. No, <laughs> no, but like, um, yeah, like honestly, nothing against his directing. Like, he, honestly, if you've been acting for that long, you have to know it's something, and you have to be at least decent. <laughs> you know what I mean? At like producing and writing movies and stuff like that. I feel like but, at this point in time, too. Like, I feel like you have to have some type of comic book knowledge, like. If you're not reading a comic book, I feel like you shouldn't be touching a movie. That's fair. I agree. But at the same time, like, um, I'm sure it's just like anything else that they've done yeah. where they do research and stuff. But I, I do agree with that. At the same time, though, like, um, I just feel like there's a lot of negativity around the whole franchise. So well, I, because like, of his name, right? So just yeah, like, just... And, it, and it sucks because like, who knows? It could be great. And the thing, if he directs it and like the movie's fantastic, that would be awesome. Because I think that's definitely 100%. what they need right now. Is like. Out of everything, DC needs that home run. You know what I mean? Like DC so needs desperately. that like bases loaded, grand slam, like come back from behind in the ninth inning, like that walk off. That's what they need. Yeah, they need. Like, they need their Captain America Winter Soldier, and they need they their Iron Man too. You know what I mean? Like it's just they need it. And like it might happen in Wonder Woman. We don't know yet. But See, like, it's I just... really hope so because that like the more and more I look at the trailers and the concept for the movies. That one sticks out the most for me. You're fighting the freaking god of war in the movie. Yeah, like... how fucking <laughs> sick is that? You know what I mean? Like, um, it shows her leaving the island of Vescaria, and then like it, it's just like a World War Two based. And now that they've added the whole like, uh, like god thing into it, so like the god of war could be literally like they could go anywhere with it. Like, what I hope to see is like it's based in World War Two. So what if Ares was the one who initiated World War Two? Yeah. Also, too, we uh, talked about this before. Um, what if Ares is her brother again? Like, we see, don't know how it's going to spin. Exactly, and I don't know. They, I don't know if they haven't had like this, like the ability to do it until now. But my God, do we need a Wonder Woman movie? Like, I'm so happy like, it's happening. Like at this point, where like um, it has nothing to do with like um, 
like i guess like the lack of uh female superhero movies it's more that like there's so many characters and now that everyone's established i'm so happy that they can make these people shine you know what i mean like they're gonna do wonder woman then in the marvel side like i hope they're doing captain marvel like and there's so many polarizing female superheroes that they can push through and make it great and i'm so excited for it like imagine if we get like batgirl and like they're doing the gotham city sirens and stuff like that like i i feel like this is needed and I, I, I like, and I keep asking myself, like, it where has it been? You know what I mean? But at the same time, I think it's because you kind of need to staple the franchises before you just pump something out. You know what I mean? But yeah, and like with that too, like um, we also have Valkyrie who's going to be a Thor Ragnarok. That's going to be a pretty big character as well. Death in freaking Death as well, Infinity yeah. War two, which and and I read an article earlier that um uh, they might change the dynamic of the relationship between thanos and death basically confirming that she's in the movie because they haven't said anything before right yeah so there's another one like it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome i feel like the next five years of comic book movies are gonna be great and i'm really looking forward to it and the funny part is is like going back to dc if wonder woman is their home run i i bet you they just take off from there because I feel like that one good thumbs up, then they're going to know how to write their movies, how to structure them, moving forward with characters. And I feel like they might, well, of course, they're going to make their Age of Ultron, like the oh-so-so movie, right? But like, yeah. I, I, but I feel like it'll be nothing but up from there. But here's the thing, though. So what if we get the um, Civil War equivalent with the Justice League? So um, when you have, like, um, in Flashpoint, when Thetiscara is fighting Atlantis? Mm-hmm. So what if somehow they make that into mainstream to kind of like build up, I guess, more hype for the universe? Because right now it's just... That'd be cool. I didn't even think about that. And you just saying that aloud got me excited. Yeah, because <laughs> in, um, in that run of um, Justice League, the New 52 run, it was like a very good run. And like it's just... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the first like, 20 issues were really well written. A lot of like, character development. A lot of like conflicting characters. A lot of Jim art, which made it phenomenal yeah. by its own, right? But yeah, no, like... um. I think that'd be an awesome way to go into Justice League, where literally the Atlanteans at war with the freaking Earth, like the the land dwellers, which would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Because like literally, Jason Momoa looks like he eats babies for breakfast. So. Well, like... <laughs> and plus, too, but it is um, Jeff Johns. He did do that run of Justice League. So yeah. if he is like taking the helm, like, hey guys, I did this. Let's <laughs> let's twist do it up that. A bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did this and it worked, so we should probably do it again. <laughs> yeah. But now let's switch over to uh, Marvel now. So, so Fox was helping, like har- trying so hard to get an R-rated film for Logan. They get it, and now Fox is like, "Oh my god, maybe we shouldn't have made it R-rated." See, like from Fox's point of view, I kind of get it because, like, you have you made all those previous movies, like the Wolverine movies and stuff like that, and not that they were based for kids. But they did kind of bring out that audience because kids were like, oh, like Wolverine's my favorite comic book character, blah, 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 right? So I guess maybe now they're starting to realize that, like, obviously those kids have grown up with the movies and they're older now to understand, but they still have that young fan base that maybe they're going to bring into this movie and they're going to see Wolverine literally decapitating people with a smaller Wolverine (laughs) who is also decapitating people. So, like... Yeah, but at the same time, though, like, once you get the, the history of um, X-23, you get the history of, like, well, not the history, just, like, the story of what happens in Old Man Logan, even though, like, it's not going to go fully on, but the general idea of what happens in that book, it's, mm-hmm. that movie has to be rated R. Like, it has to be a violent movie. Like, See, and I it, agree with that completely, because, like, um, 
uh, there was a little teaser released the other day, no spoilers, but it just shows her being experimented on. And, like, I feel like um, that kind of adds the grittiest to the movie because you're seeing a literal child yeah. being almost, well, yeah, basically being tortured and, like, running experiments and literally, like, not living, like, to the point where, like, it's inhumane. And I feel like that adds towards the grit of the story. And I feel like it's needed, like you said. Like, I feel like they definitely need that to show that this girl is young, broken, and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, very fragile. Yeah. And, and they can, and her meeting Wolverine can be the turning point in her life because that's someone who's been through what she has been through. And I think it's cool about X-23 in the movie, like, what we've seen so far in the trailers is that she is still very much a little girl. Like, she has her backpack, she's wearing the sunglasses, like, yeah. she's very timid until she's, like, cutting people's heads open. Yeah, but, and, and like, it's funny because, like, the way they're going about it is smart because they're making it look like she doesn't know any better because she doesn't. Yeah. She, she literally doesn't know any better. She's broken and she's fragile. She's a brainwashed killing machine. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what Wolverine was after the freaking Weapon X, right? So, yeah. I, think, I think it's smart. But at the same time, like, I can kind of get why they're probably like, maybe we should But at the same time, I feel like this is going to work out in their benefit. Um, everyone loves Hugh Jackman. Everyone loves Wolverine. It doesn't matter if you read comic books or you don't read comic books. Everyone knows who the character is. He's iconic. Exactly. So I, I definitely think that it definitely wasn't a bad idea to go this route. I think it will pay off for them in the end. Um, look at Deadpool because it was rated R. Yeah. Um, I'm not I saying obviously be- the reason why he made that much money was because he was rated R. It's more the character, yeah. but um, it it, there, like, it stops limitations. A character like Deadpool, a, de- a character like Wolverine, um, when it gets to like their more serious stories, like you have to stay true to the comics, and in that, like you need that R rating. Yeah, absolutely. Like I if Deadpool was rated PG-13, do you think it would have been like as good no. as it was? No, and I really like that. Um, like I said before, like there's no limitations; they don't have to worry. You know what yeah. I mean? They don't have to make a cut of the movie, and then when they're in the editing, they they go, "Oh fuck!" Like two hours of this filming is too much, so we have to cut it for the PG thirteen rating. You know what exactly. I mean? So they I feel like the movie. they can just edit it. They can put it what they did done, and I and yeah. I think that's smart for them. Yeah, and Loki comes out in a couple weeks. So I'm like really excited to go on this. And like, like, here's, season, sorry. like here's the thing, because like, um, like regardless of my opinion of Fox movies. I am actually extremely excited for this, and I, I really hope that this is a good movie because um, we've talked about it before. Um, I did I didn't love Deadpool, but I did enjoy it. And if I can get that same experience from my standards with Logan, I'm going to be extremely happy. Well, my whole thing this is going to be a very poetic movie because we've been dealing with Wolverine for 17 years now. Yeah. Yeah, the year two thousand till now, like that's nuts. We've had crack, man, that is nuts. We've had what three Incredible Hulks. We've mm-hmm. had three Spider Mans. We've had I think three or four Superman, three or four Batman's. Yep. And we've had like one Wolverine. Yeah, it's true, and it's always been Hugh Jackman, right? So like, I'm I'm excited, and it's and it's not just a comic book lover in me. It's just like those movies. I remember going to see those when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Back when it didn't matter. If it was good or bad, I was just like, holy shit, there's a guy with three metal fucking claws. Yeah. And he just fucks people up. You know what I mean? that, like, going into the movie theater when, when like, and I was 10, when the first X-Men movie came out, I'm like, oh my god, the X-Men are on TV or on the yeah. movies. This is yeah. the best thing ever. Like, <laughs> 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 but 
But yeah, so speaking of like movies and whatnot, DC is doing a very bold move that I am totally game for. They're going to be releasing trailers for their comic books in theaters. I think it's awesome. I think it's yeah. about time because, yes, people, um, how can I put this? Yes, people go watch the movies because they know who Batman or Superman is and stuff like that. But not a lot of people actually read the material. And I think now, especially in this day and age where any movie you see that's coming out, if you go to an Indigo or like a Chapters, they have a whole fucking end cap. Yep. Full oh, relevant of, comics for of that Literally movie. what the story's based on, side stories, origin stories. And I think now more than ever is definitely a good time to start kind of marketing comic books instead of all movies and all TV shows. Yeah. Um, and especially since DC, especially I think with where they're situated in their comic book world right now, where the new 52 had nothing but great success and, um, and rebirth is riding that wave right now. Yeah, too. Absolutely. And rebirth is literally still riding that wave and it in its own is actually very, very good. I feel like now is the time to try and clench new readers. And I feel like this is going to work because a lot of people don't understand their reading. Um, I just kind of hope that it's not, oh, so let's say, for instance, um, the new Justice League movie is coming out. So they put up the stories that they grabbed uh, stuff from to use in the movies. I I really hope they do like the stuff that's current. So like the Tom King run on Batman they'll explain what's going on in it and what's moving forward with Bane and then like Superman with his family. Like, I hope they just don't talk about old stuff to try and make a best bang buck out of the old stuff. I hope they talk about rebirth to try and draw in new readers. Yeah. But at the same time though, like um, if they do put the commercials on TV, say for example, like Gotham right now, it's been following the court of owls for a bit between last season and this season. Mm -hmm. So if it goes like, like what you're seeing right now, Here's what this is off or whatever, right? It shows you like yeah. the Court of Owls, right? That'd also be cool. But at the same time, like you're saying, like if we see like we're watching the new Justice League movie and we see a trailer for like the next Super Sun story arc or the next like Teen Titan story arc, that'd be cool. Yeah, because like I definitely, like I said, um, Marvel right now. Don't get me wrong, all new, all different Marvel is good. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they're in the situation where they can confidently be like, like especially since it's Disney. They're not in the situation to be like, let's try and grab new readers now because our material is A+. Yeah. We all know that as even though Marvel is running decently well right now, we all know all the money is being pumped into those movies. And that is the yep. only reason, as of right now, why those comic books are still being written. That's the thing, too. That's the one thing that goes strictly going to comic books right now is that I don't like the way that the comic books are being tailored for the movies now. It's getting, for Marvel anyway, it's getting a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. I get that. Because, um, like, like, four or five years ago, like, um, when it, I don't know, like, it was still like that, but, like, you're still getting, like, completely different stories, right? Mm-hmm. I don't so, like, like how um, they, like, my big pet peeve is, uh, I've always said this, and I know it's tiny, and, like, I, it's not a huge deal, but I think it's just me, is I don't like how they change the costumes in the comic books to what yeah, they wear in the movies. The movie? And the one thing that made me kind of, like, oh, my God, was, um... The what do you call it, the Sam Wilson Captain America book? Yeah, where it was like, I was like, you're the Falcon. I was like, you should be wearing red and white, and yeah, you still have the goggles, right? But yeah. I was like, you're gonna give him the comic book kind of feel, you know what I mean? And then everything after Superior Iron Man was pretty much straight to the movies, and then yep. I don't like, I know it's literally something minuscule. 
and I sh- and it shouldn't bug me, but it, that's the one thing I think that really gets to me. Yeah, on the flip side of that, I do respect that um, the new Spider-Man suit pays um, homage to his previous previous predecessors. Yeah, which and the is very awesome. first Spider-Man with the with the wings yeah. underneath his armpits and everything, and like I, the animated eyes and everything. Like that's really yeah. cool. But like, um, that's okay. But just I feel like Marvel needs to just like go back to making like legit stories based off anything they want. Because like, look at um, what's an X-Men story that came out like three years ago, like Battle of the Atom, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah, that was a really fantastic run. But then, like, obviously X-Men are doing shit on, on the movie theater, right? So just, yeah. that's okay. But, like, current stuff, like, besides the new Steve Rogers event that's happening now or soon, mm-hmm. like, nothing exciting is happening on the Marvel front. I haven't been excited for a Marvel comics since Secret War before that X-Men versus Avengers. Yeah, like, um, that was going to be my next question to you. In the comics, what's the last story arc that had you, like, Whoa. Like, you know what I mean? X-Men vs. Avengers, the Phoenix Five, when they decide to kill, spoilers, Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. And Cyclops is just like, um, we shouldn't have done that, but I also don't care right now. Also, <laughs> everyone's dead. Yeah, yeah, also. No, um... And that I, was, for me, it was just like, flipping panel, flipping panel, oh my god. Yeah. Like, um, it was huge. I do agree that that was a great story, but Axis ruined that after. Like, just absolutely ruined it for me. Yeah, because he had X-Men vs. Avengers, and he had Uncanny Avengers, and then Axis came out of nowhere, and it flipped it. Red Skull. And, but, like, to be honest, that's not a terrible idea. I think it's just the way they wrote it, because Red Skull having Charles Xavier's brain actually has to do with the new um, event that's coming out. But yeah. staying on, like, what we're talking about right now, um, the, the last Marvel event that had me, like holy shit like i could not put the fucking books down and i've read this event probably at least 10 times was annihilation yeah just because the building of the cosmic universe actually i lied um uh it wasn't like an event but if we're talking events it was definitely annihilation but i lied the last um comic book that got me like literally flipping page to page, just not putting it down would have been the Illuminati run, uh, the time Ooh. before time runs out. Before time going runs into out, Secret, yeah. Wars. Secret Wars. Secret Wars wasn't great. Um, the ending was cool, but like I remember so Secret Wars, the prelude and the ending did it for me. Fair, I'll, yeah. I'll agree with that. The in between though, I was just like, eh. But honestly, the whole Illuminati thing, them literally destroying worlds in the multiverse. Like, because they I, have no choice. Yeah, I thought it was so <laughs> cool. And, like, you look at the all the characters they had in the Illuminati. Worked so well. The problems between them. And it was so cool because, like, it was so awesome to see that, like, it was all happening behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, all these other books were going on and all these stories. And then there was that. And just to think that stuff like that has been happening in those books for so long without us even knowing. It was like, holy shit. Like, this is something that's made sense for years. Like... <laughs> Which is crazy because I actually talked to one of my friends about the Illuminati a little little while ago. Um, World War Hulk and Planet Hulk, I was kind of giving him an education on like what might you, you what you might see in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, the whole reason why like Hulk comes back and he's mad because like they kicked him off Earth. Yeah, literally. Like, oh yeah, they like blew like, him off there? Earth. <laughs> yeah, like they they deemed him too powerful. That's why he was MIA in Civil War. Yeah. So it's just like it's just things like that. Like the Illuminati books are usually pretty good, and usually anything to do with the Watcher. Like um, original sin wasn't bad. Yeah, like original. It was a good murder mystery, but like it was was different. (laughs) It was so weird, though, at some points because you're like, like Nick Fury 
clones in yeah. space, fucking action hero and shit. Like you're like, like what LMDs is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because now like Agents of Shield, they're dealing with LMDs. It's kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. this is cool. Now we can see why Nick Fury's everywhere all the time. People get this now. Yeah, like the coolest part of Original Sin that I'll take out of is when he whispers something in Thor's ear and becomes unworthy. Yeah. And we still don't know what the hell that was. And apparently they're actually going to get into that soon, which I, I really hope they clear up because I've been waiting. And I think everyone else has to. Yeah, because like Original Sin was, what, a couple years ago, right? Oh, like three no. years ago? Four years more ago? Than that. It's probably four years ago now. Five? Yeah, that was Mark Brooks as well, right? Maybe. I want, I want to say so. Maybe. I don't, I'm not, yeah. I can't guarantee on that yet. He did Original Sins. He did the cover work for some of it. I'm not sure if he drew Original Sin, though. Okay. Either way, because my one of my favorite covers him, by so. Mark Brooks <laughs> is Original Sin number three. I th- Original Sins number three, where Black Bolt's covering the guy's mouth and he has his hand or his face like that, and he's like, "Shh," because he's about to like blow his brains out. <laughs> yeah, I um, think it's issue seven or eight that I have when Doom's kind of peeking around the corner, like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, speaking like uh, keeping it on Marvel now, so let's just talk about the next like. I guess pseudo event, big event. I'm not sure how big it's going to be. See, I have a feeling that this might be one of the bigger Marvel events we've seen in a while. Like, um, just from uh, the artists that they're getting, the control that they gave Nick Spencer. Yeah. So, for people that basically don't know, um, Captain America is currently, for the first time in probably like, Ever? I'll, I'll be bold. I'm going to be bold and say about fifteen to twenty years. Is no, okay. No, I'll say fifteen is amazing um basically the, the like the synopsis of the story is is um red skull goes back in time basically with charles xavier's mind and using the tesseract aka like the cosmic cube or whatever it is and um uh makes it so steve hydra is actually a double agent for hydra the whole time and then comes back to modern day and the story plays out and how they haven't done this before, I don't know. But honestly, this is some of the best writing I've ever seen from Nick Spencer. And I think that it's so good that it is smart as hell for them to make an event out of this. Because they got big, big artists doing stuff. They got stuff that doesn't, people who don't come around all the time. Mark Brooks is doing the cover art for all the issues. Yep. He's a fantastic artist. He is. We're amazing. talking about it before, like, um, for comic book artists, he's actually, like, well, him and Jim Lee are, like, top tier for me. They're, like, my favorites. I actually follow them a lot. Yeah, like, Mark Brooks, he always comes to Canada for fan expos and stuff like that. I have so much stuff signed by him, and I, I love having conversations with him because he's such an he's so such an interesting guy. Yeah. And, um, but either way, there's not a lot of details about what this is going to be about. But, like, on the posters, it is insane. There's all, all the heroes are there. It almost looks like there's a Shatari ship in the yeah. cover of one of the things, which is super weird. All I know, though, is that I really hope they don't take, like, the road of access because, like, they ha- kind of have to touch on access for this to make sense. Well, like, they do what they don't, for example. So let's backtrack again to X-Men versus Avengers. So after Cyclops kills, or Phoenix Force Cyclops kills Professor Xavier, yeah. Red Skull gets a hold of Charles Xavier's brain, mm-hmm. which is actually, like, a really cool couple of panels because all you hear is, like, you see a chair, you hear voices talking off screen, then you just see Red Skull holding Charles's brain. Yeah, right? so casual, eh? Just like... This is awesome. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, then that... Um, this leads into Uncanny Avengers, where they... 
didn't really talk about it too much, but you know that like Red Skull is plotting something. Yeah, yeah, like you know it's happening, I guess, in the background. Yeah, there's like subtle hints of it happening, but like it's it's back there. Like you don't really see it. But now it's kind of like they're coming back to it full circle now. So again, Red Skull, he's a, again really good villain, really really big mastermind. So he has the brain of the most powerful like intellect in the known galaxy, known universe. So what could he possibly want to do with it? <laughs> like, right? literally, like, <laughs> mine but um yeah i i agree with that that they don't really have to touch on it fully but like they kind of do because they've in the a run of nick spencer they kind of already explained it but like i feel like if they're making an event out of it what's the event gonna be is it gonna be to try and change what happened in the past so they can bring freaking steve rogers back not as a hydra agent half and half or are they going to try and get Charles Xavier's brain back with all the X-Men books coming around? I think it might be time for somebody to make an appearance back again. From the future? From the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean? another thing, too. So, like, if they got to do that, again, going back again with X-Men vs. Avengers, you got to deal with that whole story again. See, but here's the thing with me. If the story is about getting Charles Xavier's brain back from Red Skull, I'm not interested. Yeah, Honestly, I... at this point, Axis ruined that enough for me where I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, in Axis, you're some big up mech guy, and you're just like, I have the brain, oh my god, and you're like, okay, whatever. And then there's like Kid Apocalypse, and you're like, I still don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Again, this is going back to, um, touching on, sorry, um, X-Men versus Inhumans is another event for the sake of having an event. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I mean, like, it just... I we'll just see. hope that Nick Spencer continues what he's doing in the Captain America run because yeah. if that continues and he does it well, it's going to be phenomenal. It's some of the best writing I have read in probably a last couple of years. And they've, they've finally, they've kind of done what DC did with Superman. They made Captain America relevant in the comics yeah. again. And, and again, like I told Mike before, like I don't give a damn about Captain America. No, see, and neither do I, right? But and when it comes to Superman, the only Superman I liked was the New Fifty Two Superman. Yeah, Superman Unchained, best yeah. story I've read. Yeah, and um, I think that this, if they re, if they kind of resurge him the way that they're going about it, and if it works, I think it's going to be good for Marvel Comics because. You're not only going to have people on the big screen wanting to see Captain America, you're going to see people in the books wanting Captain yep. America. And I think that kind of works for publicizing both, and then you can, you know what I mean? It just equals success in the long run. Yeah, so we'll see. Do we have a, a timeline for the story as yet? Um, so they're actually releasing a, um, a trade of, like, leading up to um, the event of Secret Empire, and I'm pretty sure it ships out at the end of April. Oh, so it'll probably be for from free comic book day, um, like an issue zero, yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Actually, I didn't think about that. that. That'd be smart. But um, yeah, they're releasing. So it has um, uh, I don't think I have it up right now. But either way, um, it's gonna have uh, the issues of Sam Wilson, Captain America. It's gonna have uh, the Hail Hydra, Captain America series. Then other books from all the different Marvel that tie in, leading up to it to show what's gonna happen. And then Secret Empire number zero drops, and that's gonna show the synopsis of the story. Yeah, I'll give it a read again. Like, I want to read a good Marvel story again. So hopefully, so bad, right? This could like, be it. so bad. I'm so tired. I don't. I'm probably gonna get flack for this. Mike Brian Michael Bendis has got to stop. 
They got That's the thing. So, like, you wrote a couple of good books back in the early 2000s, late 90s, and this, like, Marvel's milking that to shit right Literally, now. Literally. Like, by the teats. Like, they have all six of his teats, and they're just trying to get everything out of it, and it's not working. We don't need it. We don't. We don't need it. And honestly, they have so many good up-and-coming writers that they could give this to. Jeff Lemire, first of all, Canadian guy, who has been writing fantastic books for Marvel. You know what I mean? Like... It's just... Switch it up, bring in Dan Slott, because his Spider-Man run have been so good. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, um, I know, like, Spider-Man's kind of his thing, and I'm not yeah. sure if he would agree to do a big-up event like that, but I'm sure with team with a team, he could definitely yeah. do it. I'm just saying that more so because, like, what he's written for Spider-Man has been, like, very smart. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, like, I feel like they just... Not saying that Brian Michael Bennis is a bad writer... But like we're talking about, what's the last thing that was wow? And until they get that wow factor back, if it even comes back, I really hope it does. But honestly, like DC is just digging their grave right now. Like, I don't know. I just again, I'll keep on saying, I want something good. I want something good so bad. Anyways, I guess we'll talk about what's coming up. Yeah. So um, again, like we mentioned before in the last podcast, we're going to be going to PAX in a couple of weeks now, which is slowly Three creeping weeks. up on us. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> so weird, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, we're going to have a lot of video. Um, hopefully, we're going to be able to talk to some people. Uh, we'll be streaming probably while we're out there. Um, some hotel shenanigans, probably some road trip shenanigans. Yeah. Like uh, we're definitely gonna probably not take a lot of video but we'll definitely make some video of the trip for sure just show you guys what we're up to and stuff like that and um uh you both know that everyone that has to do with this podcast in any way shape or form loves video games so and we all know that there's uh, two big comic book video games coming out that we're definitely hoping to see something about so it's gonna be good um other than that we actually uh are starting a brand new thing that i let kirsten talk about yeah, so uh, when me and Mike came together uh, to make Canadians Talk Comics, we had an idea of spotlighting um, indie artists, indie writers, um, shop owners, things of that sort. So, um, work in progress. The segment's going to be called um, Certified Canadian. And um, the first interview we're going to be having is... Um, I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'll just tell you like what the comic's called. The comic's called Samurai Shin. It's available... Um, that's a weird website. I will put a link in the description below and also on our YouTube and our SoundCloud as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to read half of it last night. It is really interesting. It's like um, kind of like a manga, but like more Americanized. Kind of has a um, Afro samurai feel to it, but it's really, really well done. Yeah, and basically what we want to do is obviously bring light to the Canadian comic book industry, whether it be through indie writers, comic book shops, or even events that are going on within Canada. That's definitely one of the things we wanted to do. And I think honestly, um, knowing the person that we are going to talk to about this is really cool because it's someone that we actually know decently well. And I think it's going to be really cool to get a perspective from someone who isn't writing for the big bucks and who is doing it just out of their pure enjoyment and their yeah, work passion. is showing that and their work is definitely showing that again like being like a artist myself i'm looking at the art of this comic is actually extremely well done so like we'll we'll I be like talking about the best that way to kick off the series because after this yeah we're gonna do comic book shops like i said we're gonna do events and stuff like that so we're gonna go over it and i feel like starting with a writer would be the the best starting off point. I'm really excited for you guys to see it. Yeah, so um, we'll be recording it tomorrow. So that's going to be Friday, February 17th. But um, 
Not too sure when it will be posted. Um, I will be going on vacation, so you're going to have a special guest next week. Uh, we don't know who it is yet, to be yeah, completely either, honest with either you. Either way, you're stuck with me. So if you like him more than me, you're screwed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, don't worry. We're still going to have content next week. Um, so we're, we'll probably post next week. And also what we're going to start doing as well is um, giving you like a, a breakdown of popular comics when it comes to movies. For example, Logan comes out in two weeks, and we'll be kind of giving you like our take on why we liked and why we hated parts of Old Man Logan. And what we think is going to flush over into the movie, of course. Exactly. But again, we're not going to give you like a flesh out review because that's played out. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you want to add, Mike? Um, no, like I said, yeah, Kirsten's going on vacation. So like uh, I'll have a nice picture of him on a beach, like right <laughs> here. Um, we're going to, I'll have a special guest on with me next week. Um, we're actually going to save uh, the Logan talk. So I will be dropping that next week too. Um, like I said, we don't know who the special guest is, but I'll find someone real special, I promise. <laughs> we'll treat um, you right. Yeah, and we're also uh, actually starting a little thing on our channel. It's going to be um, basically Canadians.comic plays. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, we're almost editing the video right now. Again, like, if you guys are a fan of our varied episodes where we talk about video games and whatnot, um, obviously Mike and I are huge gamers. So on Canadians.comic plays, it'll just be us, like, me and Mike, me and Mark talking about random stuff and playing games. For example, we played uh, Little Big Rage, I mean, Little Big Planet. <laughs> and uh, it was extremely interesting, to say the least. Yeah, so it's going to be real fun putting those videos up to share so you guys can kind of, I guess, see how we react in certain video games. <laughs> 100%. And also, again, like like I mentioned, we're going to be a pack. So if you're going to be in the Boston area, tweet at us. Maybe we can meet up and talk about some stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh me, I don't know if anyone out there watches our stuff, but hey, if you see us and want to say hi, please say hi. You know what I mean? I'll give you a high five. Big old Canadian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's everything from us today at Canadian Talk Comics Episode 9. My name is Kirsten. My name's Mike. And uh, he'll see you in the next one. <laughs> yeah, and I'll see you in the next one, yeah. <laughs>